Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today we are here to review Lower Deck Season 2, Episode 2, Kayshawn, His Eyes Open. Like always, I'm your host Clarence and I'm joined by my co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the returning Carrie Brown. How are you doing, man? I'm great, man. Good to be back. Happy. Yeah. I'm pumped. Glad to have you back on, man, to talk some Lower Decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting stuff. And also on the podcast, we have Mike Jones himself. Who? Mike Jones. This is not Mirror not mirror Universe, just saying. You know, Kyle did not just jump into the Mirror Universe because of last week's episode of Lower Decks. I'm still Kyle. <laughs> Mike may be here if, if Mariner acts up again. Who knows? But, but, but Kyle's glad to be here. Glad to have you on again, sir. And sorry for the very crude Mike Jones joke. We shall never do it again. Look, as many times as I'm good with, you know, corny jokes, crude, corny, whatever, I want to say something, you know, like Carrie being off in the Delta Quadrant, but mm, not going to do it. <laughs> He's finally back from that long journey. There's coffee in that nebula. Uh, what we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek in somewhat excessive detail. In addition to talking all things Trek, please leave a review and also subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are currently listening on. To make sure you don't miss an episode. Also, guys, guess what? We have a Patreon. We have a Discussing Network Patreon. And you should definitely check that out for early access to some reviews and also some shows we do from time to time that don't make it to our main feeds. You can check that out by going to patreon.com slash discussing network where you can contribute as little as one dollar a month. So we're going to get right into our review of Star Trek Lower Decks. Kayshawn, his eyes open. Kayshawn, His Eyes Open is the second episode of season two of Star Trek Lower Decks. The episode was written by Chris Kula and directed by Kim Arndt with Barry J. Kelly as supervising director. Lower Deckers have trouble bonding with Ensign Jet Manhaver, who has been assigned to Bombler's bunk and shift duties. Meanwhile, we get a glimpse of Boimler's life aboard the USS Titan, which is more intense than he thought it would be. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. And as always, we go to Kyle Jones for the beats of the episode. Sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. You never know what you're going to get. Kyle, what do you got for us today, man? Here we go. This is short and this is sweet. So here we go. Not everyone is good. Accept it and move on because focusing on what you don't like prevents collecting all the great things that you might or do like. P.S. I still agree that the previous episode script was a carryover from last season. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Before I give my thoughts, I want Carrie to give his high level 30,000 foot view of this episode. What do you think, man? What are your thoughts? Okay, so first off, I just want to say I'm taking it, you know, I know you guys hated the last episode, but I feel like it kind of, it was, it was a bit crude, yes, but to me, it was still better than most of the episodes of last season. It did get a little over the top, a little Futurama-esque. As far as this episode, the writing definitely was up a few notches from the last episode. I will admit that. There are a lot of cool references, even some that I got, which was pretty cool. And also, I figured what was going to happen in this episode happened. 
especially there was a lot of foreshadowing in the last episode too, as far as um Boimler. Boimler, yeah, yeah. I I, I figured what was going to happen with him happened. So, but like it was, I, I was just grinning the whole episode. I don't really have any hot takes or like any strong dislikes. I overall, I really enjoyed it. All right, Cal, I'm gonna go back to you real quick to see if you have any overall thoughts. Yeah, so for me, other than trying to be either comedic or sarcastic or whatever it is I am previously, I will say that I enjoyed this. I had fun with it. It did feel different for me, but our conversation that we had with our friend Lee made me watch this whole episode in a different light, and I enjoyed it, bottom line. I I had a fun time watching it. Yeah, and as for me, man, I really, really had fun with this episode. Probably one of my favorite in, in, you know, two whole seasons. I really enjoyed it. I think all the references were not too strong, except maybe the one at the end I have a complaint about. But, but, <laughs> but, but other than that, I felt like all the references were, were poignant. And I felt that this episode was very meta. I feel like it was a commentary on us, the viewer, in a lot of ways. And we can get into some of that a little bit later. But I love the introduction of, of Jet into the, the group, into the beta team. I thought that was very interesting and brought a different dynamic. And we got some scenes that I don't think we've seen in any of the Trek, you know, with this, the sonic shower and things. But we can get into that, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious, by the way. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it. So this episode was all about the dynamics of working on a team to me, you know. Whether you're the beta shift aboard the Cerritos or the alpha shift or the A-team aboard the Titan, there is always a power struggle to be had for leadership. Sometimes the high ranked officers have the, the, the wrong answers. And when all things are equal, sometimes the best solutions come from the most unlikely places. So I feel like we get a lot of that in this episode. Again, I loved all the dynamics that were at play. But let's get into a bit of the details. So we start the episode off. Ensign Jet and his his last name. Where did they get his last name from? I've never heard his last name in my life. Manhaver. <laughs> Ensign Jet Manhaver <laughs> gets assigned to the beta team. Power struggle between Mariner and and, and Jet ensues. So um, I, this this may have been a question more for John, but maybe you guys can answer this. Have we ever seen a sonic shower before in action? I think we may have, but definitely not the group a la <laughs> army <laughs> shower thing going. It really, really worked and it was hilarious. What were you guys' thoughts? I thought it was a great scene. It was funny, but not over the top, at least in my opinion, because it wasn't really about the shower. It was, you know, the, the shower was just a backdrop for like the character rivalry that was going on. And I think that's what made it more enjoyable. Yeah, I agree with Carrie. I think they took something that was so ordinary because I could have easily have seen this in some army film or whatever. And yeah. you've got this power dynamic or these, you know, back and forth. I mean, easily modern day setting, but you took the modern day setting and made it Star Trek, but didn't hit you over the head with it. I just thought it was very smartly done. Yeah. And for me, it also went back to maybe what we get of the lower deckers, that they're not in their own private little awesome quarters to themselves. They're like in bunks in this room, you know, living together and they have to shower together too. herded like cattle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just I just love how, you know, 
if we can get anything, it's like seeing that, you know, not all things are equal in Starfleet. And there are definitely people <laughs> at the bottom of the totem pole. So I, I just found all that. Freaking well, you know, hilarious. just think about a college dormitory. You've got some yeah. dormitories that have the same type of shower and bathroom situation as this. You've got some dormitories where you've got four people to a suite or whatever. And, you know, but you're right. It's, it's different hierarchies or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So let's get into a bit of this battle of the alphas. And I'm calling the Alphas, um, uh, Ensign Mariner and Ensign Jet aboard the Cerritos. So any any thoughts on their battle that they kind of had? I guess it lasted this whole episode. Their relationship slash battle in this episode was sort of a commentary on us. I feel like I'm in more of the Jet camp where, oh, this is my Star Trek. You need to do everything by the rules we've established over the last, some, you know, whatever amount of years and we need to operate in that lane and if you deviate from that it's not starfleet it's not star trek anymore and that that's sort of how i've been operating um <laughs> with, with just star trek in general <laughs> especially with this show and then you on the other side you have mariner who doesn't care about the rules just is does anything she can to get the job done uh, thinking outside of the box in a lot of ways not always the best way to do things so I felt like there was a dynamic of of the people who were used to the old trick and the old rules versus doing it different in this <laughs> show and being a little off the rails. Any, any thoughts on that dynamic there in this episode? Well, for starters, I liked the, the Jet character, for starters. Number two, I saw this more as, and maybe this is the same thing you're saying, but just in a different way of saying it, was validating Mariner to some degree, because ultimately she's sort of how they get out of what they're in in a way. I don't know. I just I just liked the back and forth between the two. But what I really find interesting is, Clarence, I was noting what you just said. And you said doesn't care about the rules and thinking outside the box. That pretty much describes Picard, Cisco any of the captains and and we're talking about mariner so maybe the fact of she's just not a captain she's doing captain things except maybe it's off-putting because she's not a captain i don't know but i just find that very interesting you said that that is somewhat true but she has a total disregard for the rules whereas all those people you mentioned or those captains, I think they try to navigate closely to the rules as possible. And it, it it probably physically pains them when they have to break the rules, you know, whereas I think Mariner just doesn't care. I Well, let, let me say this because I know Carrie wants to say something, but I would love to see an episode where Mariner could meet a younger Picard or younger Riker or younger somebody. And we see them acting the same way she's acting now. I think that would help validate her. Interesting. Carrie, did you have any thoughts? Yeah, I'm definitely Team Mariner, without a doubt. You know, rules rules matter for sure, but I love the way that she is very creative and her creativity, I feel like sometimes is mistaken for like disregarding the rules or maybe I'm just reading too much into this, but it's like if you're a kid and, you know, the teacher's telling you to color inside the lines, but you want to add wings to your caterpillar. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> 
good point. <laughs> you sometimes weaving outside of the lines can have very very good results. Does it always have great results? No. And I feel like the real answer is once Mariner finds that middle ground, she will be ready ready to be a captain. Because I mean, she is a little too cavalier right now, but um, hopefully by the end of the series, she'll have learned that lesson. Yeah, and, and and that's what I found interesting about this away mission that they had aboard this collector ship where you have the struggle between her and Jet. And then, of course, they get into the situation where they turn on the security systems by mistake. And and of course, our, our new Tamarian chief of security, Kayshawn, <laughs> gets turned into Kayshawn when he became a puppet. He gets turned into a puppet and is left up to the ensigns to try to figure out what's going on and get out of the situation. Now, again, where I'm saying is sort of a meta commentary on us the fans because i think that the answer to get out of this situation was somewhere in the middle it wasn't the diehard people that said we need the jet saying we need to follow the rules strictly and it wasn't mariner <laughs> says we need to go off the, the rails and it was the quiet people in the background <laughs> that are somewhere in between and yeah if i can add to what you're saying i feel like a good leader knows himself well enough to delegate when necessary um you know I know a lot about this. I'll take the lead or, you know, I have an expert at X over here. Let me rely on them to give me their expertise to make a better decision. And I don't know. It just felt like a good a good lesson in that regard. Yeah, and it definitely felt like the first time I've seen, you know, you had Mariner and Jet doing in this instance. But it's, it's the first time I've seen her defer in that way. Yeah, totally. Man, there's a bunch of Easter eggs. So so we're going to uh, Kerner Hawes's, Hayes's, I'm probably saying it wrong, collectorship because he's died and we need to auction off all of these trinkets. <laughs> <laughs> if you comb through some of those screenshots, you definitely can find a lot of Easter eggs. I think some I pointed out before you have there's like a pair of Jordan Jordans. There's a trombone. There's, there's, just a, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff in there. Stuff that they mentioned and stuff they didn't. But was there anything else that you guys find in the Easter eggs? Kara, I know you said you saw you saw some Easter eggs in this episode. Was this something was this one of them or was it something totally different? Well, I mean, I don't know how much of an Easter egg it was, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because I watched Discovery. If not, I wouldn't have known about this. But the fornication helmet of Collis. Yes. <laughs> Like, yeah. that was like that was so hilarious. What? Like, I just busted out laughing, dude. Was, was, did, did you think they did that because of Discovery? <laughs> I think they just wanted to throw a nod in there. I mean, it had to have been, right? Yeah, it could be. It could be. And it just made me think all the Klingon sex scenes <laughs> in Discovery <laughs> Season 1. Like, that's why I was laughing so hard. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever seen that before. At least I haven't seen it. So, um... It may be Easter egg somebody else picked up as well, but I, I've I'd never seen that before. But of course, this this whole collector thing is a throwback to a TNG episode called The Most Toys, where this collector named Kivis Fajo, I'm probably saying it wrong. Yeah, it's the episode when Data was trying to was, was uh, picked up by this guy to be part of his collection. So that's kind of what it's a throwback to. And they've come up with this whole collector's guild thing. And, um, you know, that's where we are in this episode. But go ahead, Cal. What, what did you have? No, I was just going to, and this is a courtesy of a of of a den of geek article. But some of the items was Khan's necklace, a Terran Empire flag, gold uh, original series uniform. There was also a um, 
Andorian dueling weapon. I think you may have mentioned that, a shark in a tank, a Mars rover, a Chateau Picard wine crate, yep. Yep. and several other things. But I just wanted to name those um, just really quick. What I did like about these meta references was they gave an in-story reason yes. for them to be there. Yeah. And I think that's why it worked so well. You could have had hundreds of these things you could have seen, but they were in story and it gave a reason. And I like that. Yeah. Now, there was definitely one reference that kind of um, rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm assuming this is the same reference. So there is a TAS episode called The Infinite Vulcan where Spock gets cloned. So basically, there's a giant clone Spock. And the only reason I saw this episode is I'm, I'm not I by, by far. I've not seen every TAS episode, but I saw this because it was on Star Trek Day last year and they played this episode. So there's a giant clone Spock that lived on this planet. And the again, the name of the episode is the Infinite Vulcan. I'm thinking that skeleton that had the blue Starfleet uniform on was the Spock clone. The giant one? I'm assuming because you, you, you know, we had the scene where the big. It was a blue Starfleet uniform that's hanging from a ceiling that gets knocked down. <laughs> so yeah. I, I I didn't like that. That just made me squirm a little bit because <laughs> they were like crawling all over his body. I'm like, oh, really? Again, it was it wasn't Spock. It was a clone of Spock. But still, <laughs> it just I didn't sit well with me. But I could be totally off base on that. If you're listening and I'm wrong, let me know, please. And that's pretty much that storyline. They use they use some bones to actually get out of the situation. Of course, Tindy and Rutherford's idea. The bones, that's another throwback to T uh TOS, actually. It's Caliban Bones, and that's from an episode called The Savage Curtain. So you can check that out as well. But let's let's jump into let's jump into the Boimler storyline. Um, Baumler is freaking is pretty much terrified by his new post on the flagship on a flagship vessel in the Titan. Now, one thing that struck me, well, one thing I wasn't anticipating was for the people aboard this ship to be so freaking super alpha. They're like alpha times a hundred, and of course, Baumler is not. So, what do you guys just general thoughts on Baumler fitting in with the Titan crew? I thought it was so cool. I think when you say they are so alpha, I don't think we realize how alpha all the other Star Trek stories characters are because they're all alpha together. And I think that was the the insight that this episode was trying to give us through Blormler's eyes was just how in your face these characters are. Because again, you take Worf, you take Riker, you take um, Tilly, you take any of them. They're all alpha level characters, but you put them all in line together in a single story. And yes, there are some more alpha than the other. So you just kind of get used to it. But that's my take. Hmm. To me, it just felt like a plot device to just kind of like show, you know, kind of spotlight. Boy, well, that's that's what it felt like to me, Um, because he's absolutely none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Not by far. And um, the other thing is, to me, this is kind of skipping ahead, but when he got back on the ship, back, got back on the um Cerritos, 
he was talking about his adventures and he basically just took out to me it sounded like he was taking a shot at discovery <laughs> oh what did he say give me uh, light me i can't re- I, I can't remember exactly what he said but he was like well he, he was talking about basically he basically just des- described like a plot of a show but he was talking about how it's all action and formulaic action <laughs> I, can't, I, I don't remember exactly what he said well though, i think he it, it, mm, i think he was just describing star trek in general i don't know if it was discovery specific i remember what he remember what you were talking about now okay yeah i just you know to me it seemed like he was just because that show was so different than the other star trek shows that were all about adventure and stuff which is what he liked mm-hmm. and then it was just like on 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 the um ship with Riker. it was just like boom blam blam like all this action stuff you might and be to me, right oh you are so right because, and I thought, like, to, mm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 but you're, you're totally right, because people complain that Discovery, and even maybe Picard at this point, is not yeah. the Star Trek of old, where we're doing science stuff. We're not exploring, we're not making <laughs> exactly. diplomatic solutions, we're not making new discoveries. No, it's just pew, pew, alpha, bang, bang, you know? Exactly. And oh I thought my it was God. so cool that, oh that my God. they were making fun of themselves. Like, I thought that was so cool, because, you know, I never thought that I would see that in the Star Trek show. Like, that's, you know... How could I not the, get the, that? <laughs> the writing is just, it keeps getting better, man. Wow. Did you get that at all, Kyle? I didn't. No, I totally did not. But you were right on the nose dude oh my god they were making fun of discovery in the because <laughs> i'm like this because 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 you see where bomular is is yearning for the times of old on the enterprise d where we're you know doing yeah. all of this 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 uh political i mean political peaceful dim- diplomatic outreach and discovery and exploring and in discovery picard you're not really getting any of that you're getting the you're getting the alpha version of Star Trek. So this crew was a a personification of the. How dare they? How I see I see what you did there. Fuck. I see what you did there, Mike McMahon. Wow, so good though. So good. It makes me like this episode even more. That's that's pretty freaking interesting. Because I mean, I, I need to go back and watch it. Because I was thinking they were just poking fun at Star Trek in general. But you are exactly right, dude. Hmm. This crew of jerks is basically <laughs> <laughs> extreme kick ass. <laughs> oh, man. Now, what I didn't like about this episode it well, I liked and I didn't like. So, again, it goes back to my point of it being where the solutions come from the most unlikely of places. And it comes from Bormler at the end where going back to what you said, Carrie, this this crew is ready to die in a blaze of glory. And, you know, <laughs> that's what we signed up the Starfleet for. And Bowman is like, this is not why I signed up. And he gives, you know, his explanation of what, you know, what Star Trek is truly about. Wow. And, and where the episode kind of gets off for me is he gives this awesome explanation of this interference they're getting where they can't beam out. And he throws us back to the episode second chances from TNG where Riker gets cloned. Well, where we discover Riker's clone and he uses that as a catalyst to come up with a solution to actually beam off of this mining facility slash planet. Now, I like that premise to where he's using something that happened before as a solution for getting out of this situation. I thought that was perfect. 
What I didn't like <laughs> is where a little they, too on the nose. Yeah, they they, they didn't to, to me they they didn't have to use that as a means to clone him. They could have just used that as as a solution to get out of this situation. I would have been happy. I like oh excellent excellent reference. To me, they should either did that or not mention it at all. But then it happened. You know, to me to mention it didn't do the exact same thing with the, with a boiler yeah. clone. It's just like it, it's just bad writing. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think it was bad writing. I think it was too much writing because honestly, if you just take out the part with him talking about the clone at the beginning and then at the end, Riker's like, wait a minute, this feels familiar to me. Like that would have been yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he just, yeah, back, the fact that he talked about the clone beforehand just kind of, it, it didn't ruin it, but it just kind of spoiled the whole like riff there. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but I did love how, um, when we, you know, he says he can't have two, because Bumla, I guess, is a lieutenant now, but he says he can't have two uh, people on his ship. He sends one back as an instant to the Cer- instant to the Cerritos, and, and when they're leaving out, he's like, "Play Nightbird." And again, if you know, <laughs> if you know the episode Second Chances, that's the one song he never wants to play in public because he can't rem- he can't play it perfectly or something like that. So if you watch the opening minutes of uh, Second Chances, you'll see him talk about that. So just a funny little Easter egg there. Yeah. And with that, does anybody have any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode and give our ratings? Let me just say I'm actually kind of defending Mariner. And that's a long trek, no pun intended, from last week. Yeah, she was she was actually great in this episode. I really enjoyed her. I really have no qualms with any performances I think it was the perfect balance to have Jet being the voice of reason, the voice of Starfleet and her do her shenanigans. I think maybe a lot of times that's what throws me off because there's nobody really to tell her to stop. <laughs> acting really crazy. in. Yeah, nobody to really in. But but to me, Jet was the perfect uh, balance there. Now that Bowler is back, I'm not quite sure if, if there's going to be because I don't know if Jet's going to you know get kicked off the beta team now. Um, it's quite possible. So I don't I don't think we're going to have the same kind of balance there. So it'd be interesting to see what they do going forward. We may dive back into the straight zaniness because there's nobody to hold her accountable. So we'll we'll see. But but Mariner is going to Mariner. I guess we can, we can just say that. I don't know. I feel like she's still grown from last season, though. She's not quite as wild. Yeah. At least it feels like to me. But maybe that's just better writing. I don't know. Yeah. At least in episode one, she was trying to do good where it all went crazy. So I'll at least give her that. Yeah. And with that, let's let's get ratings. I'll start with you, Carrie, on, a, on uh, from, from one to five. What do you think of this episode? Uh, one to five. I I think I'll give it like a four and a half. You know, the whole meta thing to me was hilarious. You mentioned it at the beginning, but just there was like, I don't know. I don't want to say it was deep, but there was there was a whole thing about the shot at Discovery. And it was also kind of a shot at fans. Like, I felt like they they were kind of saying we hear what you guys are saying or something. I don't know. Maybe they just maybe they read Reddit. I don't know. But it 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 seemed like, you know, it seems like they're aware of what people are saying about the show. And the show is evolving. Yeah, they were they were definitely covering all the bases. They were covering old Trek versus new Trek. And then they were covering lower decks versus other trick just just a good commentary all around i feel cal what do you think man what is what is your rating sir 4.3 why 4.3 i don't know but (laughs) 4.3 i did enjoy it could it be better absolutely could it be worse absolutely so (laughs) 4.3 yeah and i think i'm gonna land about a 4.5 as well i really 
I really enjoyed this episode and the fact that we can jump on here and have this type of commentary on it. I, I really, really appreciate. So 4.5 for me. I This is this is one of the better Lord Deck episodes, I feel. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that wraps up our review. And with that, we'll go around the horn and see what everybody has been working on podcast related and otherwise. And we'll start with you, Cal Jones. What do you got for us, sir? You know, I actually didn't bring up any Doctor Who references in this episode, even though they did say reverse the polarity a few times. But since I just used this as an opportunity to bring up a Doctor Who reference, I will say if you like Doctor Who references and you want to march with us to our 250th episode, check us out on DiscussingWho.com. All right. That's DiscussingWho.com from Cal Jones. Care, what do you got for us, sir? Um, you know, same old, same old. Just, um, we need to get back on tech petition, but like, other than that, I'm not really up to a whole lot. I'm just, I finally got all my recording stuff set up. So to be continued, I guess. <laughs> and for me, I will say check out our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash discussing network. And you can send in feedback to fans at discussingtrek.com or hit us up at discussingtrek on any and all social medias. Once again, guys, thanks for joining and until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. Leadership, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starfleet Leadership Academy, its ongoing mission to develop leaders through Star Trek, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. A leadership development podcast told through the lens of Star Trek. Subscribe today, the Starfleet Leadership Academy. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com. This is what he said. A bunch of complex characters thrown into heavily serialized battles, which always end in mind-blowing twists and made me question the basic tenets of my reality. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that he says serialized, <laughs> that is exactly Discovery. <laughs> I was like, dang. Wow. Yeah. Wow.